you're seeking biblical wisdom and understanding in these difficult and trying times, and you recognize the power of God's Word to delve deep into the issues of the heart, then welcome to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney, husband, father, counselor, author, and teacher. Join us for Christ-centered, gospel-driven truth concerning our individual, marital, and parenting struggles. This is Biblical Counseling Today. I've always enjoyed a good joke. My father loved telling us jokes when we were growing up, and he still calls me once in a while just to tell me a joke he just heard. He loved to listen to stand-up comedians on our record player, mind you, way before comics had their own stand-up comedy specials on cable TV. I can almost picture myself sitting with my dad in front of our huge stereo that filled half the room in the 1970s. We would put on record after record of stand-up routines by Jackie Gleason, Amos and Andy, Bob Newhart, and our favorite, Bill Cosby. My favorite TV shows have all been sitcoms, starting way back with MASH and then Cheers and then Seinfeld and The Office, just to name a few. Now, even if you don't watch a lot of comedy shows or listen to comedy greats on XM Radio like I do, we all enjoy being humored from time to time. Different things may tickle our funny bones, but God has designed us to find things funny, to laugh, and to even tell a joke from time to time. Some people spend much of their communication trying to make people laugh, enjoying getting a smile out of a person or a crowd. But of course, there are plenty of aspects of joking that go beyond what is just good, clean fun. Humor can become dark, rude, offensive, off-color, racist, and even violent. We can joke in ways that are really more harsh, that enter into the realm of mockery and even ridiculing. Sometimes this can be hard to resist, especially when people are doing ridiculous things or acting in ways that deserve mockery. Our children can learn bad habits of teasing others, picking on people, mocking each other, and even bullying with their jokes. So when does something that is good and enjoyable become unhelpful and even evil? Are we Christians just to be serious all the time and leave the jokes to the pagans? Or has God given us the gift of laughter, so joking is a good thing? Looks like we have a lot to talk about today, since joking, teasing, and mocking are all forms of communication that we regularly use. We need to dig down deep and see how God expects His people to speak to one another, and even how we respond to the joking nature of our world and our sinful hearts. It's a rare person who doesn't love to laugh. Frankly, if you don't enjoy laughing, there is something a little bit wrong with you. Laughter just makes you feel better, especially when life has been tough. It has been famously said that laughter is the best medicine the world has to offer. So when we're talking about the subject of joking or teasing or even mocking, we are considering forms of communication that are intended to make people laugh. Now, as we always do, here are some specific definitions. Joking is defined as saying or doing something that is intended to provoke laughter. Teasing is defined as provoking or making fun of someone in a playful way. And then the word mocking is defined as making someone or something the object of unkind laughter. Laughter. 
Now, even by these brief definitions, we have to admit that while laughter is a good thing, not all sorts of laughter is right and godly. Laughter is a form of communication that must also be governed by the Word of God. So we need to look to Scripture to see what it says about all communication that provokes us to laugh. Let's begin with Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Now, this is one of a few places in Scripture that demonstrates where we get our ability to laugh from. God laughs. This is one way God communicates with laughter. According to the psalmist, God finds it funny or laughable when sinners rebel against him, when people plot to dethrone him. If you think about it, it really is a joke when mere mortals think they can come against the all-powerful God of the universe. God laughs at all this. He laughs at these jokers. But notice that his laughter is full of derision, the psalmist says. That means it is an angry laugh, a wrath-filled laugh. Because in the end, sin is not a laughing matter. God is not laughing sinful rebellion away like it's no big deal. Instead, he ridicules it because it is ridiculous. Following this example, can we not also look at the evil in this world and laugh in derision? Of course, our anger is not always righteous. It is actually rarely righteous. But we should be able to laugh with God at the foolishness of this world. While it is no laughing matter, it should bring us to both tears and laughter, especially since we know that God is victorious over all who would stand against him. Well, here's another psalm for us to consider, Psalm 52, verses 1 to 6. It reads, Why do you boast of evil, O mighty man? The steadfast love of God endures all the day. Your tongue plots destruction like a sharp razor, you worker of deceit. You love evil more than good and lying more than speaking what is right. You love all words that devour, O deceitful tongue. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous shall see and fear and shall laugh at him, saying, See the man who would make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and sought refuge in his own destruction. Actually, I added verse 7 there. So this psalm confirms that we can and should laugh like God laughs at the wicked. If God laughs at those who don't trust him, so can we. We can say as Christians, look at that man who would not trust in God, but foolishly trusted in the abundance of his own possessions. Where did that get him in the end? Now, we must be careful here. This doesn't mean that we're joyful that people are rebelling against God and going to hell. And this psalm isn't encouraging us to tease unbelievers. It is simply teaching the truth that we can point out to non-Christians the folly of their ways. We can communicate that they are silly not to have a righteous fear of God. 
Instead of just getting angry at sin and evil, we can express that it is a joke to rebel against the one true God. Well, let's look at a different slant on laughter from Proverbs 29, verse 9. If a wise man has an argument with a fool, the fool only rages and laughs, and there is no quiet. This proverb describes a different sort of laughter, the laughter of fools. What does the fool laugh at? He laughs at wisdom, at the wise person. He laughs at righteousness. He makes a joke out of all that is good and right. You may have fools in your life right now who joke about your belief in God, in your life of following Jesus. The fool will only tease and mock those who are wisely living under the grace and holiness of God. Sadly, even foolish people who call themselves Christians make fun of those who are just a little bit too holy or are trying to live for God with all their hearts. This sort of joking is foolish and wrong, whether it comes from a Christian or a pagan. Out of our own pride, can we tease those who are striving to live pure and holy lives? I remember that there was a guy who lived in my dorm in college, a Christian college, mind you. Many of us teased him mercilessly. Do you know why? Because every time we asked him if he wanted to do something with us, he told us he had to pray about it first. I have to admit, I even thought this was crazy. Come on, man, I just asked you if you wanted to go bowling with us. Do you have to pray about that? Well, shouldn't we submit all of our lives to God? We could have learned a few things from my doormate. Instead, we just made a joke about it. I'm afraid I was a bit of a fool. I certainly was not very wise in how I communicated to this brother of mine who was a man of God. Now let's turn to Psalm 126, verses 1 and 2. It reads, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. Now here we have an example of some good laughter. When did the people of God laugh? When God restored their fortunes. Notice that their tongues gave shouts of joy. There is biblical communication for you. We can certainly laugh with joy about all the good things God does for us. Christians should laugh more than all people on the earth. Quite frankly, if non-Christians understood their lostness and hopelessness, they would never laugh. God's provision is no joke. He doesn't tease us with good things, then not follow through on them. He is a good God who brings us great joy. This is the sort of laughter we should pass on to others. Okay, let's dig a little deeper into the subject of joking. For all of you, including myself, who like to joke around, listen to Proverbs 26, verses 18 and 19. It reads, Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I am only joking. Now, this proverb has always fascinated me and convicted me of the use of my tongue. How easy it is to follow up anything we say that offends someone with, Hey, I was only joking. 
loosen up. So picture in your mind's eye a crazy person shooting fiery arrows at random people. While he's nailing people in the chest and killing them, he keeps saying, sorry, only joking, didn't really mean to hurt you. This would be pretty scary, wouldn't it? Sort of like a sniper taking random shots and laughing like the Joker. Well, God's word makes it clear that someone who deceives a friend, who lies to a friend, and then tries to write it off as only joking, is as bad as this madman. Think about how this sort of joking is destructive to our relationships. We may think of it as simple teasing or kidding or a prank, but the damage has been done. Being deceived or lied to is no joke. And when we simply try to convince someone it was a joke, we are often disingenuous. It probably wasn't a joke to begin with. But now that we are caught in our lie, we do further damage by claiming we were just kidding. So when we follow up a lie or slander with, I was only joking, we are either trying to get out of admitting it was a lie or somehow soften the blow we have just given. But it is too late. And it keeps us from what we should really be doing, apologizing, confessing our sins. Instead, we end up just making the other person feel crazy, like they can't take a joke. We are claiming that person is just too sensitive. But it is never a loving thing to lie to someone or deceive someone and just be claiming to be joking around. This will even catch our close friends off guard and be very hurtful. Sure, our friends should be willing to joke around with us, but Christians are never to lie and deceive in the first place. This is what the world does, not those in the kingdom of God. Now we'll go to Proverbs 17.5 for another communication problem. Whoever mocks the poor insults his maker. He who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. So here we have the problem of mocking. The definition we have used already is making someone or something the object of unkind laughter. Another definition is to imitate a person in order to make fun of him. It is scornfully teasing another person in order to hurt him or her. The example given in this proverb is mocking the poor. Why would someone mock a poor person? Why would we ever be glad when calamity happens to another person? Sadly, even as Christians, it is tempting to mock people who are different than us. People who are touched by disability are often the victims of teasing and mocking. Someone who speaks or acts a bit strange is talked about as being weird or worse. Anyone odd can often be the target of mocking. Now, we may think that only children or teenagers mock other people, but sometimes we adults just mock others in a more sophisticated manner. So according to Proverbs 17.5, why is mocking a communication sin? Well, because it's an insult against God. When we make fun of anyone made in the image of God, we are insulting the one who has made him or her. People are to be loved by us, not ridiculed, not mocked, not insulted. Maybe we would take this instruction more seriously if we realize that we are really mocking the Creator. Well, let's go on to Proverbs 30, verse 17, that reads, 
the eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. Wow, that's a pretty graphic consequence. Chewed on by scavenger birds. Yes, we may just leave this verse to our children. They need to learn to respect their parents and not scornfully mock them. But does this also apply to us as adults with our parents? We are still responsible to honor our mothers and fathers, even when we are mothers and fathers ourselves. Caring for aging parents can often tempt us to scornfully mock them. The bottom line is that it is a serious thing to mock any authorities that God has put in our lives. Well, here's another verse for us to consider from Jeremiah 20, verse 7. O Lord, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. You are stronger than I, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all the day. Everyone mocks me. Now, what can we glean from the prophet Jeremiah about mocking? Well, to put this verse in context, Jeremiah was the weeping prophet who mourned over the sinful state of God's people. He was also a highly persecuted prophet, believing that God was against him, even deceiving him when God was not. As a prophet of God, he became a laughingstock. People mocked him all day long. The simple principle I want us to take from this is how it feels to be mocked by other people, to be laughed at, to be teased. Does it ever feel good? When we are tempted to mock others, it would be greatly helpful if we remembered how horrible it is to be a laughingstock. It can feel like everyone is against us, even God. Another word for mock is ridicule. When we are mocked, we are ridiculed. Now, we often ridicule the ridiculous. Something that is ridiculous deserves to be laughed at. If you wear a ridiculous outfit or make a ridiculous comment, someone will ridicule you. But when do we as Christians resist ridiculing, even when it is ridiculous, and communicate compassion and understanding instead? Or is it just too hard for us to resist a good joke? It certainly was too hard for a group of boys in 2 Kings 2, verse 23. The verse reads, He went up from there to Bethel, that is Elisha, and while he was going up on the way, some small boys came out of the city and jeered at him, saying, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. Now, this is the story of what happened to another of God's prophets, again, Elisha. These young boys were teasing and mocking Elisha, calling him baldy. But in our day and age, this doesn't sound too much of an offense. Surely a prophet of God would laugh at this ridicule. Well, if you don't know the story, this is what happens. Verse 24. And Elisha turned around, and when he saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. And two she-bears came out of the woods and tore 42 of the boys. From there he went on to Mount Carmel, and from there he returned to Samaria. Now, come on, Elisha. Don't you have a sense of humor? It was just teasing by a bunch of small boys. Man, you've got to get a thicker skin. Are all Christians supposed to be dour and serious like Elisha, calling a curse down on little kids just for some harmless fun? Well, there's a lot to say about this passage, but we'll just note a few things. 
First of all, this was a mob of boys, not just a few little kids. Second of all, this was actually very aggressive mocking. These kids were making fun of God's anointed prophet, harassing him for fun. Most likely, they were idolaters, ridiculing God himself. Whatever we might initially think of Elisha's response, it's more important for us to focus on God's response. If this mocking, this teasing was no big deal, then God would not have honored Elisha's curse. If the prophet was just overreacting, then God would not have sent in those bears for attack. What we are meant to see here is not only the danger of mockery and ridicule and scornful teasing, but how it reflects a dishonoring of God. To not honor and respect the prophet of God is to not honor God himself. And so to not honor people made in the image of God is also not to honor God himself. Well, here's a familiar passage and an important one for us. Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 4. It reads, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. The Apostle Paul begins with the charge to imitate God. As the children of God, we are to imitate God like a child imitates a parent. And because we are loved by God in Jesus, we can love others. We can walk in love. Loving other people is a fragrant offering to God. We know that sexual immorality and impurity and even covetousness is not imitating God, is not loving him or other people. But in this list of Paul's is foolish talk and crude joking. We are never imitating God when we speak with foolish words or make crude, rude, dirty jokes. It is unloving towards others. As Paul says, it is out of place for the Christian it is out of order for life in the kingdom of God. So is crude joking or foolish talking a problem for you? Or do you only need to share this episode with your children or teens? As much as crude joking is a sign of immaturity and fleshliness, the world describes dirty jokes as mature or adult-themed. In God's kingdom, all such joking that comes from our mouths is imitating the world and is not displaying Christ-like love. Which brings us to our last passage for today, Matthew 27, verses 28 to 31. It reads, And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. Well, our Savior and Lord, King Jesus, knows all about what it feels like to be mocked more than anyone else in history. The Jews made our Lord Jesus into a joke. 
They teased him in the most painful of ways by making a crown of thorns for his head. Not only did this really happen to Jesus, but this is a picture of what the world laughs at. The world laughs at Jesus. It ridicules all that is right and good and pure and moral. It has no understanding of how good our Jesus is or how he alone is our salvation. We should not be imitating the world in our laughter, in our joking, in our mocking, or in our teasing. Our laughter should come from the remembrance of all the goodness of God for sinners. It should emanate out of a heart of joy for what God has done for us. Thank you for listening to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney. This weekly podcast is supported by Biblical Counseling and Training Ministries, which you can learn more about at bctministries.com. If you have found yourself encouraged or challenged today, please share this podcast with your church, family, and friends. Rate us on iTunes and your social media outlets. It really helps. Until next time, may you enjoy the riches of God's compassionate grace and mercy in your life.